podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Boom. We're back in the Copeland Manor. Um, Bosco's boys. It's kind of the tournament edition. Not really going to recap the Big 12 tournament and dive into the NCAA tournament. But before we do, we got to talk to you real quick about our sponsors. That is, first off, Tick Splits. You know, if you're, if you're following the boys out to San Jose, if you're going to wait until they go to Louisville, or if you're going to go see them in the Final Four and win a national championship, use Tick Splits. You know, everyone was talking about secondary ticket prices for the Big 12 tournament. I literally sat with people who were trying to buy tickets on their phone. When they get to check out, it was literally close to $100 extra than what it was posted. That's insane. That's not going to happen at Tick Splits. What you see is what you pay. Guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. It's the only spot. Just make sure you put in the right address yes. and you will make you'll get the tickets. Um next up, my bookie. They've been riding with us for a long time. Um still the same promo code, boys twenty five. No, twenty five, okay. That's fifty percent deposit match. Uh it's March Madness. It is the best time to gamble. The <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, those four days of the NCAA tournament, the four biggest betting days outside of maybe the Super Bowl. Uh, so you need to ride with my bookie, make a ton of money, uh, because we know you guys are smarter than everyone else. Yep, and you'll get a little free money if you use Boys Twenty Five. Yep, and then uh, also, you know, it is completely free to uh, join. But check out our Twitter account, and it'll be in the description of this episode. Uh, Bosco's Boys, the Boneheads, we have a bracket challenge free to enter and then the number one place first place person they will get two free tickets to the home opener of the k-state football season so see chris Kleiman's era start courtesy of bosco's boys if you have the chops to beat out your fellow boneheads yeah it's pretty much all luck but you know who knows yep definitely. do your research um so uh before we dive into it um most people may or may not know but the day this is released is to the day one year from the first time Bosco's boys showed up on iTunes uh, via a wonderful little app called Bumpers. It's 365 days to the day. Uh, Grant, it was awesome. I might tweet out the original two episodes. Uh, you just talking uh, into an app and then uh, dialing me in later that night. It's, I mean, it's been a year already. That's nuts. I it, yeah, it's gone pretty quickly. Um, I remember putting in all the work for Kentucky during a night shift, like scrambling and like being like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on a paper, just putting all this work in, trying to make sure that I didn't sound like an idiot. And you put more work into that. Episode. I watched like ten games. You probably <laughs> put more work into that episode than you put into every, every other episode other combined. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, it is what it is. So we had to sit in different areas of the house you're yeah. sitting on the porch <laughs> I yeah, was in my not, room. yeah we couldn't record in the same room but uh we will come a uh, long way yeah we'll have a full year-long retrospective and we'll give out some awards we'll do some fun stuff stuff after basketball season but you know we still got business to take care of and um, before we jump into this and uh i just realized this because i wrote this outline out already but the last time we recorded we didn't know um some pretty important news um, this was before the Dean Wade injury news. Um, so let's just, you know, call a spade a spade. I personally think he is done and he's played his last game. Are you thinking any differently? He's done. Um, I keep seeing a couple people like try to say on the board tweeting with, you know, some some sliver of hope. And Bruce, you know, said he's going to see a doctor today and we'll get some new news. But really, I think that's just him. Just kind of doing some mind game stuff. Um, but as far as we know, 
it's he's done, which sucks. He's gonna have to miss the tournament again. Not really contributed, not not contributed all this time around. It's a shame, but you know he got to go out a, a championship, a champion on his home court, and, and first team All Big Twelve, first team All Big Twelve. So not completely lost senior season like we once thought it was going to be. Um, when he went down, I thought he was done. So got to go out a champion, but it really does suck. Feel for him. Yeah, I mean, the guy will never start an NCAA game as an upperclassman. Uh, only played in that Kentucky game a handful of minutes. Of course, he was in that playing game versus Wake Forest and then the round of 64 versus Cincinnati. But, um, you know, when you make your mark on the NCAA tournament for a guy like him, it's in your junior and senior seasons. And fact of the matter, he won't get to do it. Um, it sucks. Um Honestly, it's the difference between me. I, I'll tell you this right now. If Dean Wade was healthy, I, I would take us to the Final Four. I would have us beating Virginia. We'll get into some bracket stuff a little bit later. But, uh, you know, I got dogged pretty hard for saying this. But I, when I found out, I was devastated. You know, devastated as a fan, devastated <clears throat> for Dean Wade. Um, Matt Hall did not like my use of the word devastated very much. Um it doesn't take away from Dean Wade's career. I went on Twitter and said, you know, back-to-back, first-team All-Big 12, I think he's rafters. Um, it doesn't take away from it, but there are going to be those what-ifs, and nothing will change that. Um, but he went out a Big 12 champion, uh, one of the greatest players to play in my lifetime. Um, but it still sucks. It does suck, but it is what it is. Got to move on. He'll be there and in spirit. And in body. I'm yeah, sure. I was going to say, I, I think <laughs> he's, he's still going to be there. Dead. He's not yeah. dead. Um, but you know what? Hopefully he heals up and makes some money. Um, let's talk now about the Big 12 tournament. Um, Iowa State Invitational, honestly. But the first <laughs> game versus TCU, uh, I was lucky enough to hop on the KSO show after that game. And I'll tell you what, I man, there was a point in time where I was already ready to throw in the towel versus TCU. They got up double digits early before the cats really took over for the last 30 minutes of that game winning 70 to 61 uh xavier sneed was just an absolute beast 19.7 uh rebounds uh cartier jada made his triumphant return played 29 minutes in that first game and then levi stockard dude went off four or five eight points only 11 minutes um, I know you're working. Were you able to catch any of the game? Were you able to see any of the highlights? Uh, I watched the second half, so I didn't. I I missed the bad parts, um, except for Stockard showing out for that 11 minutes. But I mean, I pretty much got to catch the entire second half, and it was all good. <laughs> I mean, we looked great. Defense was swarming. Sneed was going off. Um, it was good stuff. But I remember following it like on social media and seeing the deficit and it was one of those times where I was just like, we'll come back. I don't know. I never really felt worried. Um, like I did, I felt bad when we played Iowa state, but just kind of felt like, you know, just the day before <laughs> TCU blew what a 19 point lead and almost lost to who'd they play? Uh, Baylor. Who cares? Baylor? Well, no, 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 the other team, Oklahoma West Virginia, state. Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state. And, you know, I kind of felt, our boys would carry us through our, our senior leadership, and it kind of did, so wasn't worried about it. Well, <clears throat> let's get into the second game. It was a de facto away game, lost 63-59 versus Iowa State. Let's, uh, let's first just kind of talk about the fact that we lost Iowa State, and they only shot 42% from the field. Um, and, you know, they I think they were below 30% from three. Um, that's the type of game that if you tell me those stats – I think there's you think no way you lose, but um, we only shot thirty four point nine percent, and I would say it's one of the worst offensive teams in the Big Twelve. That uh, yeah, if you would have told I me that we held, I feel gross just saying all that. <laughs> Iowa State to sixty three points, I would have bet a lot of money on my bookie that we were going to win that. But uh, it was one of those games that we see that we've seen in the past where we win. You know, we have like opportunities where our seniors and our our stars step up in those moments like 
there's three transitions that towards the end of that game that I can think of where we hit Barry in the corner and he missed them both. And it's like, well, and those are <clears throat> plays that we make in the past. I just didn't. I was so frustrated because you said it twice. You have a three on two break. I think it would have been over had we hit one of those. Well, but here's the thing. Barry, for better or worse, he's not a spot-up three-point shooter. Was he do great? He gets to the rim. So I didn't understand why on two fast-break opportunities that, you know, momentum was on our side. You just get a layup, get a dunk, something like that. Momentum might have been – Or get fouled. Get to the line. That might have been enough, you know, momentum to just kind of squash Iowa State. Um, But sadly, they decided to Mm. go for the, you know, money shot, you know. Two three pointers and ugh, they did a good job of like they're wide open though. It was three I mean, on two. I remember they did a good job of like filling the lane and then Barry just. But we had to we settled for the probably lowest percentage shot possible, a corner yeah. three with Barry Brown, which is just not his game at all. I mean, I would have preferred to see you know just go to X. I think well, it was X both times too. Well, yeah, I mean just X go just go to, go to the rim. And the the thing is, is we we th- saw X throw down a monster jam. In traffic, so I don't understand why he continues to give it up in transition because there were a couple times in that game also he tried to sneak it into, I think, Levi or maybe the Mac, a bounce pass in the lane while he's driving. It's just, you know, yeah. X, you have the ability, you know, take off and fly, young man. Yeah, I agree. It just wasn't to be. We didn't make the right decisions when it mattered, and Iowa State, Shayok well, just. I, I know. I mean, speaking yeah. of it, you know. It wasn't meant to be. Shayok before, like, you know, the last two minutes is one for seven from three. And then the two that he hit, this weird baseline shot that he throws up and then it bounces around the rim, goes off the backboard, drops in, and then just, like, literal, uh, like, yeah. wreck ball. Like, he's he's trying to cross over. He's doing all these spin moves and he does some stupid fadeaway three at the end of the shot clock and it goes in while Mike McGurl's playing perfect defense. Um you know, I don't know how you defend. Could that. not have played better defense. I mean, it was elite defense. He was with him the entire time. Didn't give him an inch of space. Had his hand in his face, and he still hit it. And I remember I was watching with Will. He we were at no other pub, and Will was standing next to me. And I was like, five seconds before he hit it, I was like, Shayok's got this fadeaway. I saw him do it against Oklahoma, and I just felt it. It did not feel good. And boom, he drilled it. Perfect D, though. Felt even worse inside the arena. Um, Ooh, I bet. So, that game, it, just looking back on that game, it's so crazy. We got up seven early, and I'm feeling good. Oh, man, I'm ready to start getting on Twitter, all this type of stuff. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I would say it comes storming back. We're down 10 at halftime, and I'm saying, you know, I tweet out, it's over, all this type of stuff. But we fight back. I mean, we have the we, we get the lead back before the ten minute mark. Gigantic runs. I yeah. think they in, they finished it. They finished the first half on a seventeen to two run, and then uh, what? We took the lead like thirty eight thirty five. So that would have been a thirteen zero run. Yeah. And then of course like they finish it off with a thirteen to four run, yeah. which just devastating. We had the a four point lead, five point lead, five point lead, two thirty nine. Yeah. That's when we fouled and they hit two free throws, and then. You know, it was it was on from then, and it was, I ugh, I don't know. I, it, again, Big Twelve tournament, yeah. like it, it is what it is, whatever. Um, felt but, like we just, it felt like we kind of bottled it. I mean, we, I mean, we you you one hundred percent did when you have a when you have a starting lineup. So for that game, you had two seniors, two juniors, and a sophomore, and guys who have experience, guys who have the ability to close games out. And you have a five point lead with two forty left, and you find a way to lose. I mean, that is that's bottling the game. It did not feel good. No, it didn't feel good. Um, what did feel good, you know, some positivity. Cartier Jada, fifteen points. He played thirty four minutes. So I think now you can get rid of any sort of idea that there's rust. The guy went twenty nine minutes and then thirty four minutes. Uh, Sneed, twenty eight minutes, eleven points. Mac, thirty two minutes, ten points. Barry, 38 minutes, 13 points. Cam, 39 minutes, 10 points. But here, here's the kicker. Not a single point from the bench. Um, you know, Levi didn't have it. Trice didn't have it. McGurl didn't have it. 
Um, and then, you know, Sean Neal, Will- I mean, Sean Neal Williams is never going to have it. Not this year. Maybe yeah. next year. Hopefully next year. Um, that's what it ultimately came down to. I would say it got bench production. We didn't. Um, how frustrating is it to go through a game like that where I don't know how much more outside of hitting an ind- an extra individual shot here or there you could have asked from our seniors it's or very, from our starters. It's very frustrating. And I mean, I would say that, you know, those are the types of games like that's that's the type of thing that you can't see or we're going to lose games in the future, but it's like well, we've already lost games because of that. And it's, now we're going into the most critical time. Do or die. Like, it's everything on right now. You cannot have no production from your bench. You have to have something out of the bench or you're going to lose. That's It's as simple as that. We saw it this weekend. If it happens Friday, if it happens Sunday, we're going to be in trouble. I mean, we'll probably lose unless we get a Herculean effort from our from our starters. <clears throat> well, hopefully. The good thing is, though, 63-59 is our defense. Our defense is yes. typically what, you know, it's always going to keep us there, but it's like, God, you got to get something from the bench. Yeah, you, you held the best offense in the Big 12 to 63 points. I mean, the defense is elite. Um, I mean, really, I, you think about it, it's like, yeah, we, we did exactly what we wanted to do. We just couldn't kill them off. We just we just didn't make the plays, didn't make the buck, yeah, buckets so, when we needed it. So we'll, we'll shift to being a little bit more positive. So, you know, that, that defensive performance was great, and then – you know, selection Sunday comes around. We get that four seed, even though folks were a little worried about dropping to a five. But before we get too deep into that, let's talk a little bit about the Big 12 situation. TCU did not get in, so ultimately blowing that lead to K-State, you know, ended up costing them, uh, you know, attorney. The f- uh, first four out got published. TCU was in there. Uh, do you personally think they should have made it? Or are you? I don't. It doesn't bother me that they didn't make it. Honestly, I mean, maybe I don't know. I'm. I think St. John's is the only team that got in that I was like, I could see that people making a case for that. I didn't but know it's about like, Belmont. Maybe Belmont too. That's fair. But TCU, you know, <laughs> just be better. It's it's an expanded tournament. If you can't complain <laughs> about not getting into 68 teams, I just really don't get it. That's true. I I agree with you 100 percent there. Um, it sucks. We've been there. Yeah, it, I, it but does it's like, suck. But the only thing you can do is just don't lose. How many conference games? Don't yeah, you got to win mean, big games? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the Big Twelve. So Tech was a three seed. KU a four. Were a four. Iowa State a six. Oklahoma and Baylor nine seeds. Did you think any of those Big Twelve teams were underseeded, overseeded? What were your thoughts when you Oklahoma saw the seeding? Oklahoma shocked list? me. Oklahoma as a nine shocked me. I thought that they would be they should have been much lower. Well, here here's a fun fact about Oklahoma. They did not play a single tier four game all year. That's surprising. They had a bunch of didn't they have a lot of tier one wins? Well they had good I mean they had honestly, a good re- they, pretty they, solid resume. They, outside of the amount of losses they had, it was a good resume. They had the wins they needed. Um just, you know, had a lot of loss as well. But when you don't play a single, I, I guess it's not tier, it's quad four. Right. Uh, you know, not a single one of those games. That's, I mean, that's how you're going to get in. Um, Honestly, no, I think most of them are all pretty fair. I'll tell you this right now. I think Tech could have been gunning for a two seed if they wouldn't have lost to West Virginia. Yeah, probably. I, Had they I, gotten to the title. They at least would have been able to be in a really stiff conversation, I think, for that. Um, yeah. So they, they, you know, lost out, but... Uh, it is what it is. So let's now uh, shift on to the other thing. You know, big talking point amongst K-State fans. Last night into the morning, a lot of anger coming out that KU gets to play in the Midwest region, uh, and we're not. Where did you land on all that? What are your thoughts about uh, KU getting a little bit of a kiss on the cheek from the committee while we're uh, going out to San Jose and Louisville? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth. I kind of went through Tate's stuff, and I feel like it's somewhat justified, but I do feel like they, you know, they're not treating like the, KU got all those great wins like with Azubuki, but then they're punishing other teams like for for having major injuries and, you know, stuff like that, or beating teams or losing games like Duke lost a ga- lost all those games with Zion, and they're not punishing them for that. I don't know. It it doesn't seem like very consistent on that line, but I mean, who cares? I don't I don't think KU's that good, so <laughs> whatever. Well, I mean, they're gonna get bounced at home. Fo- folks care a lot because they do care a lot. Well, You're I mean, because right. I just th- mean I don't. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Because the fact of the matter is, you know, if if K State's in that draw, I mean, you find a way to get through, you know, your first two games. All of a sudden, you get to play that home game versus a one seed instead of being out. It would in be Louisville. nice. So I I understand why folks are worked up. I personally, I don't mind it. Um, I understand why the selection committee had KU higher on the S curve, and that's why they got that advantageous uh, seed in the Midwest region. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, though. If I was a North Carolina fan, I'd be breaking shit. Yeah, they got hosed a bit. I thought I mean, Michigan State got hosed a little bit, yeah, too. Yeah, Michigan State got hosed, but it, th- just think about your one seed <laughs> yeah. and you know your, your draw, and then just think about if – Iowa State were to get to Kansas City as well. All of a sudden, that bracket is brutal. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I'd prefer to be in the South than the Midwest. But man, if I'm a North Carolina fan, staring <laughs> down the barrel of maybe having to play KU in the Sprint Center would not be ideal. Yeah, it's it's not ideal. But I'd be the biggest Auburn and and or New Mexico fan if I were North Carolina. I can't disagree with you. So we'll we'll now move on. We are going to get to K State. So, like I said, four seed. Were you surprised at that at all? Um, do you think it, we should have been better? Do you think we should have been worse? What are your thoughts on landing on that four line? I think it's about right. I mean, I thought you know, pretty much been following Jerry Palm ever since Fan told me like this is the guy. But I kind of followed him a bit last year, and I obviously hate Joe Lenardi. I think he's an absolute fraud. Melted piece of American cheese, as you like to say. He just looks that way to me. <laughs> but uh, usually, like he gets his field pretty pretty good, but he's he's bullshit all over the seeds. Yeah. Also, he <coughs> man, never forget Joe Lenardi said K State's upside was a seven. Yeah, I mean, what a freaking. I think he's doofus. covering. He said some things today, basically about how we're gonna get. We're gonna lose. We're them. probably gonna lose, and you know, he said we're gonna. We've been ca- out kicking our coverage all yeah. year, which literally makes no sense. F off, Lenardi. I mean, we were preseason twelve, and we've pretty much ended right around there. Well, the final AP it's just poll very came dumb. Out. Did you? Uh, I didn't. I okay. didn't see that. No. Well, I don't but know. you know, around there, I mean, top top twenty team, I would say is fair. Twelve might have been a little bit high, but maybe not. Um, without Dean Wade, it's just very stupid. I mean. <laughs> You right. don't go fourteen and four and seven and two in the conference just by accident. It's it's crazy. All right, here's what do we, what do we end up here? Well, I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to pull it up, but we'll, we'll see. Here here's the real question though. If if you get the Tulsa game back, is just that Tulsa game in your opinion enough to move us to the three line? No, All I right. think A and M hurt us too. I think Tulsa if, and A and M. If we win both of those, we're in a a legitimate conversation for a three. I mean, why the hell not? Yes, absolutely. I, I think we would, we be, would a, be a three. I think we would 100%. I mean, now that I think about it, when I'm comparing us to Tech, we would 100% be a three. Well, we dropped from 15 down to 18 for losing to Iowa State. So I mean, that makes lose, little little sense to me. Lose but. to a trash team, you get dropped quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. So <laughs> it is what it is. So the, fi- the, the AP poll going into the tournament, you're at 18. So, you know... If you would have told me that's where we would have landed, I, I don't think I, I don't think I would have taken it, but it, you know I wouldn't have been upset. So that's where we landed. Uh, I agree. Beat. I think even beating just Tulsa, there's a chance we're sitting at a three seed. Win both. 100%. Win both. One hundred percent. You know, that and then sucks. <laughs> I don't, think don't about lose it. two games to Iowa State. All of a sudden, you're talking two seed. Um, but it is what it is. Um, so and then you know last thing with you know the four C before we get into the actual opponents, um, do you have any feelings either way getting shipped out to San Jose and then the turnaround back to Louisville? Road dogs. <laughs> no, I don't. I feel like this team loves to embrace the the road mentality and the underdog mentality. Even though you know we're not going to be underdogs, but everyone I don't know the, us the way that line is moving. Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll talk about the line here in a little bit. Um, I don't care. I mean, at this point, I don't think it really matters that much unless it's like, you know, you're playing a Sweet 16 in the Sprint Center and your KU. You will have a massive home crowd. But, look, that didn't matter two years ago when they got absolutely smoked by Oregon. So it's just – it's the tournament. You got to play your game. Yeah, we lost to LaSalle in 2013. Pretty good crowd there. 413 seeds. So, no, I don't. I, it doesn't matter. Just – 
We're just going to have to win, find ways to win. That's all that matters. So the one thing I'll say, Bruce was very happy about getting that Friday game. Um, Me too, Bruce. Yeah. So, you know, Barry's getting extra rest. X is getting rest. Um, you know, can't, you know, a lot, an extra day of rest. That's good. The one thing I'm a little weary about, if we were to go to the Sweet 16, there's a very real chance our game will be the final game of the second round. I'm talking 9.30 Central Time tip-off in San Jose, then turn around having to play Thursday in Louisville. Yeah, so that sucks. that's going to be a quick turnaround because I don't even know if you come back to Manhattan. You might have to go straight to Louisville, you know, take a day, take, you know, Monday to get acclimated uh, to the time zones. But then all of a sudden, Tuesday, you you need to start, you know, practicing, getting ready for that game on Thursday. So um, luckily, Virginia also would be a going from a Sunday to a Thursday. But, you know, they're I don't even they're staying in the eastern time zone. So um, well, just one thing that's, to think about. That's something that we've already done this this year, so I could see that happening. Doing just not even going back home, just going straight there. I think we did that from Waco to Austin or one nope, of the other trips. I came home. Are you sure? One hundred and ten percent. Where did we do that? We I didn't. know we did. No, we didn't. I swear. No. All right, maybe not. Whatever. I no, thought okay. we flew out one night after a game. Yeah, a home game. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, they just wanted to get there that night so yeah. they could rest. Yeah. Okay. They they after the Saturday game. They flew to West Virginia. Yeah. All right. We're going to send it over to Jimmy, a.k.a. Casey underscore fan. Yeah, fan. Um, Okay. I just had like, yeah, a mini stroke there. Um, That's all right because we thought we were going to just play Dryzen, but we're going to go straight to the source. Too hard. Yeah. We'll send it to Jimmy and then we'll be back. All right, I'm here with Jimmy, a.k.a., uh, you know, KSU underscore fan from Twitter, everybody's favorite stats guy. Um, it's just going to be me. Scott is doing some dinner thing right now, so he just he's going to have to deal with it. <clears throat> so, Jimmy, K-State's the four seed, and we will match up with 13 seed UC Irvine Anteaters on Friday at 1 p.m. Central Time in San Jose. This is a very trendy pick for a first-round upset. Um Aside from the you know looming fear of the tournament losing, you're done. Uh, how realistically should we be worried? You know, at first glance. Well, there's definitely a chance. I think. I mean, my impression is the upset talk comes. Number one, they've got 30 wins and won 16 in a row. And number two, uh, all the talk around surrounding K State with Dean Wade, and I think. Um, even though I think we played pretty well in the Big 12 tournament against two teams that are probably way better than this one, um, that you know that kind of noise comes into play where you know they don't have one of their best players. This team's won 16 in a row, and you know it reminds me a little bit of when we played the Utah State uh, when Frank was here, and they were kind of the trendy pick and. And as I remember, right, I mean, that game was competitive, but it wasn't really that close. And I could, it seems like there's always this trendy pick every year. And many times the trendy pick doesn't even come close to winning their game. So I'm not too worried about it. Sure. I mean, champions of the Big West at, what, 15 and 1 and 30 and 5 overall. They pretty much return everyone from last year. And definitely, I would say the Dean talk has some sort of influence on that. But, uh, you know what should we actually be expecting from this guys as some as someone who, you know, obviously likes to delve deep into these. Uh, what kind of style should fans be expecting from the Anteaters? <clears throat> well, they're 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 a team that plays fairly slow paced, um, about 300 in the country pace wise. K State's about 342. They're at 65 possessions. We're at 63. So pace is going to be pretty similar. Um, their defensive team, that's what they do first. Number one, two-point percentage defense in the country. Um, pretty good against threes. Pretty good on the glass. And as I watched them play defense, the big thing I noticed is is the, the unique thing about them, especially in their conference, is they play two bigs all the time. They're going to have two guys, six, eight or bigger on the court. And they're not like, you know, we see a lot of six, eight wings in the Big 12. And these aren't really six, eight wings. They're six, eight 
kind of traditional post players. Um, a couple of them can shoot a three a little bit, but they're not ball handlers really. They'll kind of back you down and try to post you. But I think at their level, they always have a rim protector. And then they're pretty good on the perimeter. Um, and as I watch them play teams in their big uh, Big West tournament, they can take one of those bigs and just pretty much plant them in the lane and not have to pl- play the other person's five outside 10 feet from the basket. So they always have someone around the lane. Their guards are pretty athletic and pretty quick, but they're small. And, and most of the guards in that league are, you know, probably six one, six two, or smaller, which is which is a lot smaller than Big Twelve guards. And so they keep people from shooting threes a bunch. And, and it's kind of weird that league doesn't shoot a bunch of threes compared to like even the Big Twelve. So I think they force teams at their level into a lot of bad two point shots and and force shots at the rim. And they're successful with it, but I don't think it translates when they've played bigger level teams this year. So it sounds like, one, guys like Cardi and X are, may have to be playing big and be big on the boards. And, two, it sounds like you know them keeping somebody big in the lane could give us a big chance at getting to the foul line quite a bit and maybe getting getting their guys into some early foul trouble. Yeah, I think they're a team that if we attack them well in the lane and <clears throat> get get into their bodies in the lane, which, you know, a lot of times – People avoid contact against a shot blocker, which is not the right thing to do, um, and it and it kind of gets you in trouble. And that's one thing they do foul a lot. Their 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 free throw rate on defense is almost 29 percent, which is like 291 in the country. So they do tend to foul a lot, and that's at their level. And they're not playing um, the the quite the type of athletes you're going to see from K State on a night in and night out basis, especially the athlete combined with the size that we have with guys like Cardi and Mike and even Barry and X that can get inside the paint and, and force them to do things they're probably not used to. Right. So they've got this somewhat flashy resume, but, you know, when you dig deeper, they got a pretty weak strength of schedule. I think they're sitting at 262, um, and they got a common foe, <laughs> yeah. good old Texas A&M, which they actually went and beat in College Station. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that fills me with more confidence or less confidence. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Um, I mean, so far it kind of sounds like we there are two similar teams really going against each other aside from, you know, athleticism, <clears throat> style play-wise at least. Yeah, the, the unique thing is is the thing that we don't see – really anymore in the Big 12 is we don't see teams that play two true post players at the same time. Most of the fours in this in the Big 12 are, you know, they can step out, they can handle the ball a little bit. They're more like wings. Um, and they really play more two back-to-the-basket kind of guys at the same time. It, I, I, the the closest, closest thing we have right now in the Big 12 is probably Oklahoma, but they really remind me more like of the Bill Self classic two post players, high-low, play through the post and off the post. And that's kind of how they play offense. So that will be unique for us to see. And, and kind of going back to the point you made about strength of schedule, they've played five total games against quad one and quad two teams, and they went two and three. K-State's played 22 games against quad one and quad two teams and went 14 and eight. Right. So K-State's just played a tough schedule. We've won on the road, and I don't – and I don't anticipate the San Jose crowd. While they'll be underdog prone, I mean, K-State saw a crowd go for the underdog more than any anyone else has probably ever seen last year with uh, UMBC. So I don't think that'll be a factor. And I don't think a bunch of River uh, Irvine fans are going to travel six hours to watch their team play. I don't either. I'm definitely not worried about, you know, being fairly close to them. I don't think, you know, first-round games really aren't, atmosphere centric you know they're not that bad um and hell we're road dogs so we should be used to something like that but in terms of personnel um who should we be looking out for in terms of you know their most electric scorer their best defenders stuff like that yeah that's a great question they've got their best two scores are their two lead guards Uh, max hazard's a 510 guard number number two um 
averages 12 and a half points a game, pretty decent three point shooters, puts up six over six threes a game. And then their second lead guards, Evan Leonard, he's a six one guard and a junior number 14. Those two are their most dynamic scores. They can both shoot it and they can both get to the rim. Um, they will they will put the ball up if they're open. If you give them any space, those two are going to shoot the ball. Um, then the other biggest guard threat is Robert Cartwright. He's a transfer from Stanford, and he kind of reminds me of uh, Robinson from TCU a little bit because he's a little more of a creator, a little more crafty, um, shoots a lot of floaters, tries to attack the rim. Um, not a great three-point shooter, only 33%. And then they've got a kind of a plethora of, they have four bigs that kind of go two in, two out. Um, Jonathan Galloway was the uh, uh, Big West first teamer, 6'10", senior, pretty, pretty good player, uh, averages about nine points and, let's see, eight rebounds a game. So he's he's solid. Rutherford was a first teamer last year, was I will mention this year. He's 6'8", you know, good all-around player. But, you know, honestly, probably their best big is a redshirt freshman named Colin Welp, 6'9", kid. Um, he's, he's a good scorer. He can shoot threes a little bit. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, of, uh, Brady Hannock from Oklahoma, the way he plays. And then they've got one other big that is a pretty decent player. And outside of those guys, it's mainly role players, but those are their main, main guys that are threats. Well, it's a good thing that we don't have Dean for that Hannock, Hannock guy. We might... Yeah, I would, I mean, that, that is one thing. I think we can match up and find a way, but. This would be a, a really nice game to have Dean. He'd, he'd be a, a good matchup to have two bigs on the floor. Oh, for sure. It would be great to have Dean in every remaining game, but I don't think that's going to be the reality, unfortunately. But I really appreciate you talking to me. I don't know how much more information we really need. It sounds like you know it's going to be kind of a defensive grinder, um, at least in terms of style and yeah, I'd pace. Yeah, kind of a... Yeah, that day it's kind of a first to six, first to sixty points probably right. needs this. I mean, it's it's gonna be a grinder. I do think, you know, I think we can run away from them. I don't think they're gonna run away from us necessarily, um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm expecting a fairly low pace game, grinder type game, and I think KC is gonna come out on top. I tend to agree with you. Um, so they, you know, gonna be like a a, a quality team. They're solid, but their resume, at least their record, is probably not indicative of how good they really are. Um, and it doesn't sound like a team that we really have to worry about getting super, super hot against us and you know shooting us out of the gym. <clears throat> probably not. That's probably not going to happen. And they don't shoot a ton of threes either, so I think that helps against upset-minded teams too. All right. Well, I know that I, since I called you out earlier on KSO, I'm gonna have to. I have to ask you for a prediction now. And you know, are we going to be playing on Sunday? I definitely think we'll get past this one. Um, I'm seeing probably like a 67, 59, 67, 60 type of game, seven, eight point spread. Um, yeah, like, you know, kind of what Vegas is saying. But I think the Cats pull away and find a way to win late, sort of like maybe the end of the TCU game where K-State is pretty comfortable the whole time, um, but doesn't doesn't pound them. I think it's going to be competitive, but I think the Cats are going to find a way to win. All right, so you heard it from Jimmy. It's going to be an eight-point win. He didn't want to give me a concrete point prediction because (laughs) I think he's, frankly, I think you're a little intimidated to say that now at this point. But I don't know. I don't think I gave one either. I I said we'd win by 12. I think we're going to keep him at arm's length throughout the game. Um, I know people are kind of freaking out, but... You know, that's just the tournament. I think I think our experience will shine through in game one, and it'll just get tougher as we go. But I appreciate you coming on, and I expect we, you know, to talk to you again throughout the tournament. Would love to break down more stuff as we go. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks. And we're back. Special thanks to Jimmy, a.k.a. KSU underscore fan. Follow him on Twitter. He's the best. Um, He's a big stats guy, and he helps you understand the game from a mathematical point, and he's always right. Jimmy the GOAT. Um, We're going to do some looking ahead now. Say we do win. 
We're going to will it. We are going to win on Friday, so possible matchups. We will get the winner of one of the hottest teams in the country, Oregon, who stole an at-large bid by winning the Pac-12 tournament, and the old boogeyman, Wisconsin. I like how you put that. Yeah, so what were your thoughts when that came up on I the mean, bracket? I mean, it, it made me laugh a little bit, but it's like, you know, they don't have Bo Ryan. He was kind of our – he kind of had our number. He had Frank's number for sure. Um, it's not the same thing. I mean, I've tried to look at it as, you know, every game is pretty much different, but it is kind of scary. I, mean, I could totally see them beating us. Like, I mean, it, it would fit if you look at you know the all-time greats from the like from the new era. Yeah, it would fit that. I horrible mean, they narrative. ended Walker and Beasley's career, ended Pullen and Kelly's career. If they end, you know, Baron Cam, and then you know to a lesser extent Dean, since he won't be playing, but still. Um, but these guys like bucket lists, so they maybe do. they can cross that off. They do, or maybe you know Oregon, another sexy pick. They're actually favored in this game now on some of the books. So Oregon playing super hot. They play starts like four dudes, six, eight or taller. That's scary. Yeah. I feel like I'd prefer to play a Pac-12 team though, but I don't know. I haven't watched Oregon at all. I just feel like the Pac-12 is a mess. I mean, neither have I because the Pac-12 is gross and they probably shouldn't even be considered a power conference. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want Every wanna... game is scary, frankly. Let's just, let's it just is. beat UC it is. Irvine and – Talk about it later. Well, I mean, th- that's the point of a podcast, you know, trying to talk about all this. But um, say say we move on even past that, you know, Virginia, this team that we thought we were destined to play last year, um, almost feel like every single bracketology throughout the year had us somehow the roads leading back to a matchup with them. Um, Virginia compared to Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Duke, where do they rank amongst those four teams of teams you would want to play? Not – you know, who you think is the best. But of those four, oh. where does Virginia rank am- amongst, you know? I think second. I think I'd prefer to play Gonzaga over them. Um, even though Virginia has really, really struggled in the tournament under um, – Mr. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. He struggled himself in the tournament. Um, I don't know. They don't seem to scare me that much, but I've you know I've watched them a couple times and they're they're really 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 good. Um, I mean, two losses to Duke and Florida State. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be hard either way. But this is the thing. I think Virginia. I prefer I mean, them over Duke for yes, sure. I, for, I prefer them over Duke. I maybe prefer them over North Carolina on a truly n- neutral court. Um, so I think I agree with where you put them. I think we are. You know Virginia light the way we play, and I yeah. think UC Irvine is Diet K State. So, you know I, <laughs> you know they're they're Pepsi and or Coke. We're 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 RC, and then they're you know Kroger brand cola. Uh, so I do think it's interesting. Then even the number two seed uh, in our region, Tennessee. I mean Rick Barnes. I mean he has a history of you know floundering in the tournament as well. So, I mean. When you really look at it, it's like no. I think we have the best region in terms of like the our the opportunity. Forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would not want to. That Midwest region, I think, is brutal, and I feel pretty good about ours. Um, I mean, every game's going to be tough. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately I might have taken the West, um, but you know, it is what it is. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I I wouldn't be shocked if we lost in the first round. I wouldn't be shocked if. We somehow made it back to the Elite Eight. I think, you know, that's the fun part about this tournament. Literally anything can happen. Uh, so let's go on the record. Um, what's your prediction? Cats and Eaters. Uh, I this think- is March, Friday, 1 p.m. Take a half day, folks. Um, we will be doing a quick take hot take. I think Cats, like, by 12 or something. I think it's going to be a comfortable first round. I don't know why, but we got it. I agree. I, I have Cats by 8. So go to my bookie, put put money on the cats. We're gonna cash that betting slip, uh, and then you know, then move on. Who, who I, yeah. go on the record? Who do you want to play? Who do you think will play in the round of thirty-two? I want to play Wisconsin, and I want to send them home. Do you That's think why. we will? Not to give away entire bracket, but. No, I don't. I think Oregon's gonna win. All right, perfect. So that's where we sit. Um, Wisconsin's pretty banged up, right? I feel like they're big guys. I mean, I feel like they said that on Big Ten, but I I don't feel like they've missed a lot of games. 
Yeah, we'll I see. I, well, I'm going to have to do a lot of digging into a lot of teams, to be completely honest. But Speaking of which, you still need to fill out your bracket. I do. Uh, another plug from earlier, we are doing a bonehead bracket challenge for two tickets to the home opener of the Chris Kleiman era. Um, they'll be lower-level tickets. They'll be relatively good tickets. So you win, you get to see Coach Cly kick off the season. Uh, the link to it will be in the description of this episode. Excuse me, episode. It'll be all over Twitter. Pass it on to your friends. Uh, but don't be a multi-bracket guy. If I catch wind that there's, you know, Mike out there. Mike, if you're if your thirsty ass is trying to put multiple brackets in there, I'm going to have to shut you down. Uh, I will send you so many show spoilers in your DMs that you won't even be funny. Now, shout out to Mike. He's always hustling. Um <laughs> I, so, you know, get in there, join. It's for the pride of the boneheads. Uh, you'll get to call yourself the number one bonehead. It's true. I, You know, I maybe I'll even send you a congratulatory certificate. Uh, so get in there, prove how smart you guys are. Before we do it, we will, uh, Grant and I will re- reveal our final four uh, for those of you who can't wait. Unless Grant has changed his mind uh, before we talked, we actually ended up with the I'll same change final one. four. Okay. So my final four is going to be Duke, is going to be Michigan, it's going to be Kentucky, and sadly, I don't like saying it, but I think it's going to be Virginia. Um, so that's my final four. You're going to have to, you know, after games kick off, you're going to have to look up my bracket on our uh, bracket uh, battle on CBS to see who I picked to win it. Uh, Grant, what's your S- final four? Same thing, but I got a sleeper coming through. Purdue, final four, three seed. They're going to upset West Virginia. Or, I mean, sorry, Virginia. They w- West Virginia, which is there in this tournament? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I. Oh, but what if it's the Cats beating Purdue? That'd be a lot of fun. Well, Cats to the Final Four, could baby. Be. All right. Um, I always gotta fill out two brackets: one where K State's the national champion, but that usually just stays with me. You can't do that on our. Bracket <laughs> I won't do challenge. it on ours. I won't do multiple. I'll just do one where I fill out with a, pen, with a pencil. You know? Okay, and then you can tweet out pictures. Um. So. Again, like I said, we're hoping to do a quick take, hot take. I'm trying to get out of the office. Uh, there's a chance I might have to be watching this bad boy on my phone. I'm going to try to get out there so I can do quick take, hot take. If not, Grant will be able to take care of us. Um, so, Boneheads, thanks for riding with us for an entire year. This is March. This is the tournament. Uh, we love you guys. It's been a crazy ride. I don't know if we thought we'd make it at least a year. I know we had our haters out there who uh, said in the summer we wouldn't last a year and now he's giving us a whole nother year. So, you know, the goal is to make it <laughs> two years in one day. Um, but, no, it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, we'll probably have a sappier, more uh, celebratory birthday pod uh, in a couple weeks. But Off-season's close, but we got some fun more shit to talk about. For, yeah. For may- for another month. Let's let's just yeah, say it. Let's just, let's let's just win the whole thing. Uh, so we love you guys. That's it. Meet me at the Cathead. Woo.
Network.